Welcome to this week's episode of the Stop, Pause, Think, Now Act podcast with me, John Grobelar, and this week's epic guest, Heather Hubbard. Let me tell you about Heather. Heather is the founder of Simple Courage, a storytelling media company, movement, and community. Her mission? Take down the patriarchy through one small but defined act of courage each day. Prior to starting her own company, she was a prominent award-winning attorney and manager of one of the largest law firms in the US. The bravest thing Heather has ever done? Some would say leaving law to start her own company. Others would say it was burning down a lucrative business to go all in on simple courage. For Heather, in her own words, it was when she stopped playing the role others expected of her. When she quit trying to please everyone, her life and career become fuller, richer and more peaceful. She's been featured in Forbes, NBC, Business Insider and so much more. Heather, welcome to the show. Joe, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm glad we got here. We've had a few stops and starts in getting this recorded, but we are here. Yes, we are persistent. <laughs> that, I think, is a theme with a lot of the women that are in this season of the show. Mm. Heather, so we're going to talk about your start, pause, think, and act moments throughout your career and life. I was super excited when I read your stop moment and you started talking about your trip to Tanzania mm. when you fully unplugged. Yep. Tell us what happened. First of all, what was the decision? What, what led you to make the decision to go to Tanzania in the first place? I had always wanted to go on a safari and I don't know why. I just always had the pull that I wanted to go on a safari. And yeah. we, uh, I went to Vanderbilt Law School. And when you graduate, they send you these brochures about these alumni trips that they take. And this brochure came in and it looked amazing. And it was a trip to Tanzania. And I showed it to my husband and I was like, we should go do this because he knew I was doing a lot of personal work. I had not unplugged in my entire adult life. I was like, I will unplug if you'll go do this with me. And he had always resisted it, but he was like, we could just go to the zoo. Um, and so he was like, right, men. Um, and I was like, he's like, yeah, that looks amazing. And so basically I signed up that day before he could change his mind. I put the deposit down. So I never had, you know, Tanzania specifically, you know, on that. I just always wanted to go on a safari. So it was something that literally showed up at the door and we both said yes. And so we just put the deposit down and that's, that's how, that's how that trip began. So what happened on that trip? Because you're talking about that you unplugged. So yes. how did you go from like attorney, which in, in my head, and please correct me if it's different. I, knowing you the way that I know you, you are incredibly hardworking, full on, totally committed. How did yep. you go from that state of mind to Tanzania? Life. Yeah. Energy. You know, yeah. Well, in 2010, I had like one personal crisis after another. So 2011, 2012, 2013, I was starting to explore bigger life questions for the first time I was looking at mindfulness and meditation, I was really starting to just uh, 
look at what I was doing with my life because I knew I was burnt out. I knew I was exhausted, but I also knew I was super ambitious and did not want to slow down. So mm -hmm. I was just exploring lots of things. Um, and I knew that I needed to unplug. That scared me to death though, just because I knew I needed it, um, didn't mean that I was excited about it or, <laughs> or that I felt prepared for it. The story I told myself was, if I leave and I'm unavailable, I will lose all of my clients. Um, something will go wrong. I, you know, just all these worst case scenarios in my head um, that like I would somehow lose the, the reputation and credibility that I had built up over all of those years, which is ridiculous. But when you're in it, that's what you think, or that's what I thought. Yeah. And I just... I just knew that I was going to do it. So I did all of this prep work to actually leave. But one thing, you know, I, I'm an all in kind of girl. So when I commit to doing something, I'm going to do it regardless of how uncomfortable it is. And I have to say, when I got to Tanzania and I didn't have my phone, which I had, like, I had never experienced that before. I've always been on call and available. I mean, I, it took a while for me to kind of settle in. I, I was very, it was, you know, I was having withdrawal symptoms. I <laughs> was, you know, like going to have a panic attack. But when you're there, um, you know, we were on the Serengeti and like, you're just in it. You know, we were intense. Like you, you become so present and it was in that presence. It was in that presence that I finally found the space that my soul needed Ooh, to, have, yeah. to have perspective yeah how was that for your husband because he's been married to this incredible woman who's like been just so focused on her career and so focused like one thing after another and then you you're in this tent in Tanzania and there's all this space around you and you're getting connected with your soul was that did you feel a shift in your relationship as well Heather that's so interesting. I had never thought of that, but yeah, I mean, we, it was a, it was healing for us. Um, mm -hmm. every trip we had always taken before I was on my phone, he would like wake up in the bed sometimes. And I was literally like doing a telephone deposition, like with the court, like <laughs> holding yeah. my finger up, telling him to be quiet, you know, and he's just like, <laughs> what is this? Um, and so, yeah, like just seeing me be present and not so connected, it was good for us. And, um, yeah, it was really, really good for both of us, I think, to be in that place. So what happened? So you've had this incredible moment. It feels like this pivotal moment of what it felt like to be still and disconnected and have this space around you. So what happened when you got back from Tanzania? What was the next thing that you did to then get in the pause and think about what's my next moment going to be? Yeah, you know, it was interesting because while I was there, I felt a, a very spiritual connection to that place. And I kind of made a commitment to myself, my higher power, that I was open to exploring what's next, even though I didn't know what that was. So yeah. when I got back, I just started exploring well, what might be the next step for me? Because what happened when I was there was I felt like I was not having the impact or living into the purpose that was my true calling. And, but I didn't know what my true calling was, right? I knew that I had gotten yeah. a little distracted 
Um, so I, I, I literally would get on job boards. I would, uh, I explored all of these different, just what would this look like? What would it look like to be a life coach? What would it look like to be a consultant? What I just was open and curious to what would it look like? Um, and that is really what then led me to, because I looked at a lot of different things. Um, but it's what led me to ultimately decide to start my own company. Mm, I just want to take a pause there for a second. And I'm just intrigued what, because you talk about your true calling mm -hmm. and what, what inspired you to be a lawyer in the first place? Was that, was that a definite, was that a thought that that was your true calling? <laughs> in some ways, yes. Okay. So when I was, uh, a very small child. I'm trying to think. It was, so it was a third grade for us in the U.S. So I'm trying to think mm -hmm. of how old I would have been. Maybe somewhere between like eight and ten years old. Yeah, yeah. I, our teacher, she did this. It was like the first man on the moon. It was like, and so we had to like draw our foot, and it was like, what are we going to be the first of? She was trying to get us to think. We learned about Amelia Earhart, and I was like, I want to be the first woman president of the United States. Whoa. And and I meant it, you know, like it, I meant it. And so I came home and I told my dad, I said, I have decided I'm going to be the first woman president of the United States. What should I do next to start preparing? <laughs> the writing's on the wall, I think, at that moment of how committed and all in you are yes, as a woman. Yes. And so my father said, well, you should probably be a lawyer because most presidents were lawyers at first. And I said, okay. And so that Christmas I asked for a briefcase and I carried that everywhere, including like to church, you know, I was playing the role. And so I do think I always envisioned myself of having a big impact, of having influence, of having a positive mark and um, being in front of large audiences, right? Like truly having mm -hmm. a platform, making a difference. And so that made sense. And that was how I started that path. And I, I always stayed true and committed to it. And when I was in college, I guess, I think you guys call it university. Um, yeah. I, I was actually, I interned for our state legislature and realized how ugly politics was and yeah. how there was not a lot of virtue in it. And I was like, oh, well, then I don't think I want to be a part of that. And so mm. that's how I then ended up doing entertainment law because I always love singing and dancing and that. But I was always told you can't do that. That doesn't make money. And so I just combined those loves and went into a powerful powerhouse law firm. I did not grow up with money or connections. So it felt like I was doing something big, but it was big for my ego. It was not big for that positive impact and calling mm -hmm. that had always been there when I was a little girl. Oh, what a great story. And I think that's, you know, uh, I was talking politics with my friend at the weekend and we were talking about how as, as business owners, as people that have to get things done really quickly, we can see, you know, a straighter line to some of the solutions that we yeah. can implement in the world to make the world better. And then we look over at the politics and they go through so many different merry houses. 
it can be, I don't know about you, Heather, but it frustrates the hell out of me. It's so infuriating. It's so infuriating. And it's getting worse. Yes. uh, In the the U.S. and and where you are. I mean, it's it's just, it's infuriating. So. I want to talk about, we've, so we've come into this moment, you've gone off to Tanzania, you've had this really soul-changing moment, you've come home, you've started looking at job boards, you're this kick-ass entertainment uh, lawyer, and now you're looking at job boards going, what's next for me? Mm-hmm. What happened? What what happened in the think that took you from entertainment lawyer to the next thing that you did to make money? What happened? You know, I just kept trusting. I just kept following the breadcrumbs. I just kept trusting that I was going to be led to whatever was next. And interestingly enough, like for whatever reason, I I saw it was probably a Google ad because, you know, I'd been doing all of these searches and for this woman named Gabrielle Bernstein. Oh, yes. And she, you know, she's she's doing things and saying things that I don't even know what she's talking about, but like, I'm attracted to her and I'm attracted. I'm like, Oh, this woman is like, she's got a business online. What is this? Like, I had no idea what that was. Um, and the more I was watching her and trying to like, look at her website and how she was making money and having a big impact. Right. I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And so that was, you know, I got back from Tanzania in February of 2014, and I don't know the exact timing, but I do know that by May or June, I um, she was having a webinar for a masterclass, a free webinar on a masterclass for starting your own, you know, spiritual online business. And I was like, well, I don't know that I want that, but I'm interested in what this woman has to say. And I was actually in Detroit, involved in um, their bankruptcy. I was involved in the lawsuit up there. There was a lot going on. And of course, I, you know, I was the only woman. <laughs> I was like, you know, hundreds of men. I'm the only woman. And um, they were having a dinner that night. And I said, I have work to do. I'm going back to my hotel room. And the work I had to do was I was going to be on that live webinar. <laughs> wow. Right? You, did, I, you know, Ditched off your day job I to go and play hooky. them, yes. And so I'm on that webinar and uh, she's, you know, talking about how she's going to do this live event in New York in September, two days where she's going to go through all of this stuff. And again, I still don't even know what she's talking about, but my gut was telling me you need to be in that room. And so I signed up on that webinar. Like that was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. I just signed up on that webinar and I get home. And I tell my husband, I'm like, I'm going to this thing in New York in September. I traveled all the time. So he's, you know, he's just like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I get there in September and I had still been exploring. I get there in September and I'm, I'm, I'm like drinking water out of a fire hose. I'm learning about opt-ins and websites and funnels. And I have no idea what they're talking about, but I'm like, I can do this. Of course I can do this. I can figure this out. And while I was confident, right, I'm feeling good. I'm in that energy. I come home and I tell my husband, I'm giving my notice. I'm going to start a new business within a month. And he uh, then about flipped out. He was like, what? And I'm like, I've got to do it while I'm confident. If I think too hard about this, I won't do it. And so that's how it happened. I literally just, I got back and within two weeks, I gave them notice. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's, you know, no one, no one can handle it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just 
stood firm. They were like, how much money do you want? And I'm like, this is not a negotiation. <laughs> oh my God. I have this, this is how I envisage what happened. Like you walked in there, kick the confident, delivered the news I'm leaving. And then this hurricane happened around you. Yes. And you just stood there stoic with this glow on you going, I'm doing the right thing. And I'm walking out of here in a month. Yes. Yes. Oh, Heather, what a story. How, and you literally went from lawyer to, what would you call it? You went from lawyer to what? Yeah, I mean, I kind of see us in the same light, Joe. I mean, it was, I called it a personal and professional development company. Yeah. And I was helping most mostly women, uh, some men, um, as you say, enlightened men. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was working with some enlightened men and I would go into companies. I would go into law firms. I also did my own individual stuff. So I would have workshops. I would have events. I would have retreats and I would have masterminds. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, my goal even then, right, was to empower women. It was, you know, about bringing down the patriarchy. I have always been very vocal <laughs> about ambitious women and getting to the top and more equality. And so that's what it looked like. A lot of it was around goals and planning and mindfulness and uh, being courageous and being brave, um, business development, career, you know, promotions, all of that. And that really has been my focus for, I guess, the last six years um, as mm -hmm. we're transitioning into Simple Courage. Oh, let's talk about simple courage because we've talked about, you know, you stop, you pause, you think, and you're at moment where you literally walked in and said, this is it, guys, I am off. And yep. now we're talking about simple courage because you had summer camp last year. Tell us about a little bit about the event that you did last year, summer camp, which looked amazing. Yeah. So, you know, everything got shut down. I am an event-based yeah. business and, um, Literally all of 2020 was mapped out. I was doing speaking and hosting my own workshops in a different city every single month. My large mastermind, we had three different retreats, you know, in person and all of that, <laughs> you know, went up in flames, right? Like not yes. going and so everybody started pivoting and we were trying to do the best that we could in the moment. Um, but one of the things that I knew I always did really well was one, uh, creating transformational journeys. And I, I, it just felt like that was missing in the virtual space. And I have great people. I know the most amazing people. And I was like, let's do this different. Let's do this fun. And let's bring all of these people together. And so I created this, vir it was a highly produced virtual event, but I was supposed to be at Miraval in Austin and and worked with them and said, hey, why don't I bring cameras in? Like, I'll come, no one else, <laughs> but we'll bring cameras in and let's kind of do this modified uh, retreat. But it was choose your own adventure. So we had this dashboard and, but you had like a, a cabin. It was three days. You had this cabin that you went with throughout together with people and you had a leader. And then it was constantly mixing things up because I wanted it to be, you just moving really fast and fresh so that you couldn't get yeah. bored. And you, we would have these moments where it would be like, okay, and now choose your own adventure. And so you'd have to go back in the dashboard and you had three options, but it was all live. There were no replays. You had to be present and there were a ton of breakouts and it was super interactive. 
all of our speakers, we required that they had to stay all three days, right? So you could really get to know people and spend time with people. And, um, and we had what were called campfire stories. So they were just like these really short, um, inspirational talks, right? Uh, just yeah. but like 10 minutes. And so it moved so fast, but I also had this like element, this transformation, like element that was moving throughout all three days. Um, and it was so funny because a few people, the very first day, they were like, I thought I was going to multitask. And I realized within <laughs> like 30 minutes, oh, no, we're, that's not what's happening here. I've got to like tell my company and put my out of office on, like I'm busy. So we yeah. had so much fun. Um, and it was a great place for just all of these amazing women to come together and get reset and learn from each other and just be in that place of joy, which is, yeah. it's hard. That is so hard to do right now. Yeah. Oh, God. So you had these amazing events. Then how did we go? Simple courage is the way to go forward. What happened? Oh, so much. I mean, it's it's kind of like what always happens. I feel like it's always like, you know, this beautiful disaster. It's like the Phoenix mm -hmm. rising that always helps us reset. And I do think that as women, we only think we can reinvent ourselves so many times. Um, yeah. And that somehow if we choose again, that that somehow it's a signal that we were a failure, whether that's in relationships or your career or anything else. Um, and so that it was really scary. But so, you know, I did that thing. I did that event um, in July. And I will tell you that the camp itself, it was spectacular. It was amazing. Mm. And everyone said it was amazing. But my mastermind, but the other stuff that I was trying to pivot. So the workshops, um, people weren't sign like people didn't want to sign up. They didn't want to do those workshops. My, my audience did not want to do them virtual. Mm -hmm. And my mastermind, were, they were really, really struggling with the pivot of us not being able to be in person. And um, and even though summer camp did really well, the offer that we made there did not convert that well. And mm -hmm. so, you know, our revenue was dipping. Um, our clients were, all I know to say is just in a bad mood, <laughs> which is right. Like, it's hard to be joyful and leading people when, you know, they're in a bad mood, even if like you totally get why they're in a bad mood. Um, yeah. And so, and then I just had a lot of personal relationship issues uh, where I was being um, more vocal and more of an activist with the work I was doing um, around social and racial um, justice in the United States. And so there was just all of, it was like this perfect storm. Yeah. And I just yeah. had, I had this moment and I had been working on simple courage, both developing, you know, I had developed the keynote and then as I was giving it and as I was working on the book, I just had this moment where I was like, the most courageous thing I could do right now is if I'm having a, like I can pivot in the current business or I can burn it to the ground and start over. And, um, that was so, that was so scary. It was such a scary yeah. decision because I knew that I could figure out how to pivot in the business. I knew I could, yeah. you know, like I knew yeah. I could figure out how to pivot, but it was not fulfilling. Like with everything that was going on, um, it was not fulfilling. And there's this weird, and I did a lot of reflection around it and personal development around it because 
you know, I am a people pleaser. I like a validation. And when you're not getting that validation, it's like, is this that I'm not getting validation or is it that I want something else? And, um, you know, right. And, and I think it was probably a little bit of both. Um, but there was a part of me that was like, if you're not enjoying this, like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And it doesn't matter why. And if you're, if you're now feeling as though, cause for me, I'm, I'm so much about impact and mm-hmm. I felt like I'm not having the impact I want to have. And mm-hmm. so what does that look like? And what does that mean? And for me, simple courage stands for my heart and soul. It stands for the storytelling. It stands for the performative piece. Um, it stands for the, the part of me that I have been told since I was a little girl, we love that, but that's not what we need or want from you. And that's not how you're going to make money. And it's like, how do I trust that I can do that? And so, mm. cause I thought everyone always just wanted me for my brains. And it's like, well, what if I don't, right. Like what if I don't give you my brains? What if I give you my heart and soul? And that's the scary piece because that's what I, the story <laughs> I've always told me. myself, right? Like that's, that's, that's who's always been some. rejected. Yeah. That little girl has always been rejected. And so now I'm putting her out there and, oh, Joe, it is so scary because that little girl is scared. (laughs) Can I just tell, so if anybody follows follows Heather on social media, you know that she has been absolutely one of the most stand-up people in my world when it comes to speaking about social justice, speaking up about politics. And offering a viewpoint that I think many of our peers would have been terrified to do. Massive kudos to you. How has that been you getting up there and saying what you needed to say? Yeah, I mean, so again, it goes back, part of it's the simple courage, because I'm someone, and just like you, right? Like, we're not going to, we're not the kind of person who's going to be saying one thing and doing another. Right. No. We, we walk it. We walk it yeah. each and every day. And we're, and we're probably, I think it's probably fair to say we're probably a bit ruthless about walking it as well. Yes. Yes. And so as I'm doing this work and developing this content um, and knowing that like, I want to have an impact. And if simple courage is truly about helping us um, shed the roles we've been given and really start to pay attention to why we believe what we believe um, and being more open and honest and speaking up, that starts with me. And so in some ways I'm fearless and in other ways I'm very uncomfortable and I'm very scared Mm. and I'm still going to walk that walk, which means, and I have gotten (laughs) pushback. I have lost clients. Um, Mm. I have, I've got personal relationships that, you know, family and friends, we're not really talking and that does not feel good. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's me walking my talk. It is I am uncomfortable, and yet this is the tr- this this is me aligned with my values. This is me wanting to make the difference that I truly want to make. The only reason I had not been as vocal before was because I was afraid of what other people would think, and say, and do, and businesses and relationships I would lose. And that's how the patriarchy keeps their power. And that's what we have to push up against. So I can't ask other people to do that if I'm not willing to do it myself. 
Mm. And I think this is the thing that you and I know, Heather. You and I have, have, uh, are, are very much at the start of our career. We we rolled in very male environments. And yep. we were, I mean, I don't know about you, but me personally, you know, I talk in my keynote about that this this moment that happened, which is my why of what I do now is giving women, a vo- helping women have their own voice. Um, it's that we've been told, be the good girl, be the smart one, do the work, but then we'll take all the credit for it. And then when you start going, hey, I'm I'm taking I'm going to do the work. I'm going to speak up and use my voice and I'm taking the credit for it as well. Yeah, that can be an absolute earth shattering moment for a lot of people around you, can't it? Absolutely. And, you know, that's where people think and that's where people always would would say to me, oh, my gosh, like you're the bravest person I know. And it's like, yeah, I don't know that I'm brave. Right. Like I'm scared. It's terrifying. Um, Terrifying, and there yeah. are repercussions. There are repercussions. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why people are afraid. It's, you know, yeah. because it's not like people are like, they, we don't get standing ovations The the men get angry. They want to come after us. Some of the women don't yeah. like it. They want to come after us. Yeah. And, because can we just talk there about the, because yeah. I think this is a really interesting concept. When women speak up and we're brave and we're courageous and we say, look, this is how it is. This is how it was, but this is how it is. And this is how we're going to live our life. And and we're going to have a voice and we're going to say what we say and we're going to do what we say. And I think it's so interesting when you see other women push back and almost tell us to shut up. Yeah, because they're afraid to. Yes, exactly. Because they're like, well, their origin story, I don't know all of these women, but some of them I do, their origin story is you keep quiet and you don't say a word. Right. Because that's what keeps us safe and secure. And so there's this concept of if, if you and I are out there shaking things up and challenging the status quo, that it's going to, without them having, you know, without them doing anything, they're also going to feel the repercussions. And that for them, that may mean, oh, well now we're seen as the bad guy or now I'm not going to get opportunities or, um, so in the, in the United States, we call it the Pence effect because he, he came out and said, you know, he won't have dinner alone with a woman because he respects his wife. And it's like, well, in the business setting, if you're not, you know, that, you know, stuff like that. But so they're just like, don't make this harder for me. Like, it's already hard. Don't make it harder. Like, let's just go with the flow. And it's because they don't want to lose their security. But the truth is it's a false sense of security. It's not real, but you know, um, but yeah, so like we're, they don't see us as helping. They see us as like just creating more problems for them. Yeah. And I think it's so, I, as you know, I had this open sequence in my keynote, which talks about this defining moment in my life. And just before Christmas, no, it was actually about September, October time. Somebody had said something to me that was a slight and a put down when they'd, they'd asked me a question and I said, oh, things are going great. This is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And then I was kind of like sideswiped with a smart comment. And I was like, oh, that's interesting that you, that, um, that's interesting that you use that tone of voice with me. So that set off my brain, Heather. And I wrote yeah. a blog about an incident again in the boardroom. There's a theme about <laughs> when I was kind of shut down, told to shut up. And I put that blog up on my blog and I sent my email, put it up on my socials. And I got a ping about 10 o'clock at night. My my phone goes on automatic silent. And it was just before my phone went on silent. And I got a ping on my phone 
somebody has commented on your blog. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let me just go and have a look. You know, it's always it's always interesting. <laughs> to see it. And it was one of the directors who were in that boardroom on that day. Wow. Yes. And it was so interesting because he was basically backing up that, you know, what had been said and how it had been said. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because you didn't back me up on the day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think there's a split thing there. I think he must have been, must, I, I didn't know he was on my mailing list. I think he must have been like, <laughs> oh, shit, is that me she's talking about? And then he got there and was like, no, that wasn't me, but I was there. And I think it's so interesting that there is this, I'm seeing this split now where uh, men who are really pushing back against women like us who are saying, look, this is how we do things around here. And the men who are going, yeah, you know what, I didn't really, um, support you in those moments but I'm going to come and support you now in a gentler way so I'm not going to really put my head above the pirate but I'm going to tell you that I am yeah yeah are you seeing yeah. a lot of that as well yeah I think there's it's um I think there's a spectrum right of where people fall and again, they're afraid too, right? So even it's like- We're all afraid. Well, this is really scary yeah, times right now. Men too, right? Like they want to, everyone wants to preserve their status quo. Yeah. And if if they feel as though they have gotten into a position that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise, because I think a lot of us actually do have this imposter syndrome, right? Of like, if it was truly an equal playing field, would I be where I am? And they're like, eh, probably not. Um, so- so they're a little worried too, and they don't want to lose their spot at the table, yeah. uh, but they want to be an ally. And it just creates this, I think, struggle for them as well. And you see some, very few will really put their neck out. They'll just kind of put their neck out. And what I yeah. see a lot frustrates me. DMs. Yeah. yeah. What frustrates me is when people reach out and say, oh yeah, I totally support you. And it's like, but what are you doing? And it's kind of like yeah. racial justice as well, right? Like it's one thing to conceptually support someone or tell them they support someone but what are you doing i want to know about your actions not your thoughts mm. and how how are you transitioning all of that into simple courage going forward this year what so, can we expect to see from you and yeah. your brand yeah so our you know my my goal and my focus is to elevate and amplify um stories of courage. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we think about courage, we think of it in patriarchal terms, which is like, it's extraordinary. It is, you know, uh, military, it is brute force, it is uh, running into a burning building. And the courage that I think changes the world is every, it's like little, it can look tiny, and you may not feel courageous in the moment, right? Like you might feel afraid, but it's those tiny steps. And I think, um, so you and I, when we do things like that, although it might scare some men and women, it also inspires some men and women. And it gives permission yeah. to, you know, for others to do the same and to also be courageous. And so I'm really wanting to um, amplify and um, share what that looks like, what, what, what other people's experience um, has been in standing up, speaking up, doing um, courageous things, and really just sharing their strength and their hope such that other people will be inspired to start taking those baby steps. And again, it doesn't mean you're going to go like 
jump off a cliff. It doesn't mean you have to quit your job and start a business. It doesn't mean you have to have, right, like the the moments that you and I did where we're, we just speak out and we say enough. It, it might be tiny. It might be saying yeah. no to someone that asks you to volunteer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it might be saying no to just anything where you feel like you have to do it because yeah. of what other people expect or think of you. Any little amount, that all adds up. And so I really am just trying to build this courageous movement where we all start to find the courage. We start to get a little bit more uncomfortable every day to be a little bit more defiant um, so that we're more um, aligned with who we are and what we want. Because I think that that is what's really going to bring down the patriarchy. When we the power we have, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's just that little, that little stuff, like collectively, that's where we, that's where we take it down. It's not in politics. It's not right. Like that's not what's going to yeah. make, if so, it would have already been done. And so I'm just, um, consider me the warrior holding up the sword, right? Saying, <laughs> let's go charge. Yeah. Let's go. So the one thing that I, you just reminded me, and I, this is what happens when we record the podcast, I get like flashbacks of memories. And I can remember, Heather, my mom standing in front of me, and I can only have been about six or seven. And she just said, you are so defiant. <laughs> and I good, just thought did that, she say that in a good or bad way? Like positive it was or negative? In, it, was, it was in a negative way. Yeah, the, but yeah. just in that moment, I'm like, Yes, I was. And that is why I'm sat here today talking to Heather Hubbard about yeah. courage and being courageous and being defiant and having our voice heard around yes. all the things that matters to us. You know, whether it was it, it was said in a negative, but I continued along that path. And that's what Same. we want women to do, isn't it? We want women to say, what do I want to do? And it's not about saying I reject you and don't love you anymore, but embrace me. Yeah. And whether it's, I, I was thinking when you were talking about courage, for me, I was thinking about big C's and little C's, like small acts of courage and bigger acts of courage, small mm -hmm. C's and big C's. And I think it's just writing those permission slips, isn't it, to say, today I am going to be, be, do as many small C's that I can to build up to my big C's. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I call it simple courage um, yeah. is because it can be simple. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it can be simple and it can be as simple as saying uh, or as simple as starting to build some awareness around when you don't want to do something. Right. Mm. So um, when you go to, you know, an example I often give, although it doesn't really seem relevant in the moment, but, you know, as women, I don't know if this is the case. Um, in the UK as well. But like here, when you go to a conference or you're speaking on stage, it's just assumed that you're going to wear high heels. You like, it's not acceptable to wear flats. And so, you know, if you go, I, I had this moment where it's like, oh, I would love to wear flats on stage. And it's like, oh, but I can't. Just having the awareness of, I wonder why I think I can't do that. And so anytime you get uncomfortable, or maybe it's sending an email, right? Like I shouldn't, or I can't, or oh my gosh, I'm afraid. When you yeah. build that awareness, just one one time each day, build those courage muscles. It can be as simple as just, I'm going to do it and see what happens. I'm just going to do oh, it and see what happens. I love that. I need to tell you, I've transitioned into wearing trainers on stage. Oh, I wear flats now. But like, I, yeah. had, I, had, to, trainers, I had to go yeah. through it. Yeah. But I went with the incredible Emma Carr, who's a stylist, and she's like, 
we have a very cool array of trainers but it frees you up doesn't it you know we've done a lot of work in terms of being free and how to move on stage as speakers and I was like what I was saying like why the one thing I'm worrying about is tripping up the one way I won't trip up is that we're cool trainers and that's where it's just so interesting when you start to become aware of all of the things that you think and you do and you start to say well wait where does that come from? It's generally Mm. from family pressure, societal pressure. It's just, it's all of these rules we've been taught on how to show up and how to behave. And it's like, well, what if I, what if I don't do that? I wonder what will happen. Um, (laughs) Like, let's just find out. Like, let's, what happens? Um, And it's just silly. Like, it's just so silly. Yeah, quite often it's like, oh my God, where did you get your trainers from? And I can imagine people going, oh my God, I love your flats. Um, But it's like that big thing that probably you and I built around, oh, I'm not going to get on stage in in heels. People are going to think I'm X, Y, or Z. Right, right. I had a whole moment when I was trying to decide whether to do it. I was doing my Simple Courage keynote and I thought, well, I have to wear the flats. This is Simple Courage. And I, I, I shared it about how I like was going through the mental, like, like, what will they think about me? What will they say about me? And it was so funny, like all of these women afterwards came up because they all had their flats in their purses, their handbags, right? For when they walked down the street or down the hallway. And they all were like, at my defiant act for the rest of this conference. Cause it was like, a the conference was co-ed, but I was speaking to a, a women's group, like their own little mm. caucus. Yeah. And so they were all like, we're going to wear our our flats for the rest of the day, you know? And <sighs> apparently it created a bunch of buzz. All the men were like, what is going on? <laughs> Where's <laughs> women? women in heels gone? <laughs> right. Oh, Heather, you have been a fantastic, courageous guest. As our closing out, what would be your advice for new and future leaders or business o- owners? What's the, what was, is the one takeaway that you would say to them? Stay true to yourself. Stay true Mm -hmm. to yourself. And that is a daily practice. It is not a a decision you make on one day. Um, Stay true to yourself because that really is, I think, the guiding compass that can give us the strength to have the courage to Mm. live the life that we want. Head to our true north. Yes. Oh, Heather Hubbard, you have been an incredible guest. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you're looking for the details around Heather Hubbard and Simple Courage, all the details will be below. And I encourage you to go there and look at what Heather is doing, speaking out about social justice and being really a massive powerhouse for anybody who needs that kind of support. Heather, thank you. Ah, thank you, Joe. It's always such a pleasure hanging out with you.